Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and encouragement to your life. For a list of messages, to stream live services, and for updates about events and more info, visit lifechurchroa.org. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Hey, what a great day so far, amen? All right, come on. You can give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on. <laughs> hey, we're in a new series uh, right now, just a couple weeks that we've been into it called Everyday Intersections. Last week, we talked about Jesus being our priority. Not just, not just a priority, but what? the priority, right? Jesus is the priority. And so what this is, is a series on our core values and how every day we come into contact with moments and opportunities where we have to live these things out, where we have to choose, is Jesus going to be the priority in my life? Is Jesus going to be the priority in my marriage, the priority with my children, the priority at my workplace, the priority in my church? How many of you know sometimes we come to church and Jesus is not the priority, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, we all have those moments where we, we're distracted and things aren't exactly the way they're supposed to be. Well, today we're going to keep going on that series and we're going to talk about community. Community is foundational to who we are as a church. Discipleship requires community. It's meant to be that way. Think about, what, think about God in the very beginning of creation, what happened. Go back and read it in Genesis. He comes down and he walks in the cool of the garden and he's looking for who? Who's he looking for? Adam, his, his creation, right? He's looking for, the, for his creation to be in community with his creation. God wants us to be in community with him. He wants us to be in community with each other, right? The whole reason that the woman was created was because when God looked, he saw there was nobody suitable to be in community with Adam. And I love Adam's response when the, the very first thing that Adam says is, finally... Finally, the rest of me is here. We're completed by community. I want you to think about that and the depths of that. Adam had a relationship with God. He had all the animals around and everything that was going on. Yet, when he first, the first thing he says about the woman that God creates is, Finally, finally, I'm I'm whole. I want you to think about that, right? He, does, he doesn't call her Eve in the beginning. He, 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 calls, her, he, call, he calls her a part of me, right? The, the Hebrew words there that's used is ish for Adam and isha for Eve. This isn't even in my notes, so I'm going off my notes. My wife's not here today to keep me straight, so y'all in trouble. And, and what that means is not, is not the same thing as Eve. Eve means mother of all. Eve means, Eve means that she's, she has a purpose. She has a, that, she's, that her purpose is to, to, to make children and to, to do what she does. But when he first meets her, and this, that's after the fall, before the fall, before sin, he says, finally, I'm complete. We're complete in community. Now, it's interesting how God moves because nobody knew what I was talking about for, for sure today. I mean, none of these guys up here on stage definitely did. Some of our team did, but, but those who are leading and what God's doing. And here we are in this moment where we have a moment of community. And I, I think it's so, it's, man, what an incredible, incredible illustration of what God can do. I don't know about you, but I don't know where I would be without my church family. Honestly. 
there have been moments in my life where, where everyone around me failed me except for my church family. Where everyone mishandled me except for my church family. We are created to be in community. And so today, when we talk about communities, my foundation, I want you to understand we're not saying that, that Jesus is not the priority. We're not saying that Jesus isn't everything, right? Remember last week, he's not on the top of the list. He's the paper and the pen that the list is on. But when we say community is the foundation, it's the thing that we build, that he builds his church on. Okay, And I, and I want to make sure that we're, that we're clear on that because the foundation of a building has to be able to withstand the weight, the function, and the burden of the building that's on top of it. I know absolutely nothing about engineering. But I know this. If the foundation is not deep enough and wide enough, the building will never stand. Ever. Kindergarten, engineering 101, architecture 101. The foundation has to be able to withstand the weight, the burden, and the function of the building. Otherwise, the building's going to fall. Otherwise, the building's not going to stand. Can I tell you a secret about our lives? Our lives are meant to be built on a strong foundation of community. Community. We have community in our families. We have community in our workplaces. We have community in our neighborhoods. We have community in our churches. We have community. Listen, I've got community with, with God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When we, say, when we say community, I'm not just talking about a place where people are. I'm not just talking about a group of people. I want you to understand, I want to make sure that we're clear as we move into this, that the depth of our community, the, depth, the depths of our community, how foundational it is, is how connected we are with God and how wide it is, is how connected we are with people. Ironically, kind of goes along with what? Love God, love people, and what? Live life together. You remember, if you were here on New Year's Eve, I told you we're going to spend all of this series talking about what it means to live life together. And it means that community is foundational. Okay, The relationship between the height and the width of the foundation is influenced by all kinds of factors. It's influenced by the soil type. It's influenced by the building's design and the materials that are used to build it. Can I tell you that my life is the same way? Depending on what type of soil I'm building on would depend on whether or not that foundation in that building can hold up. Depending on what type of materials that I'm using. Listen, have you ever tried to build your life on lies? Don't answer, just think about it. When the winds come and things begin to blow, it collapses. It doesn't work. You start, you start, you start seeing things begin to give. And then all of a sudden, there's a collapse. And so when we talk about this and we talk about community being foundational, I'm talking about building something in our lives, building something at Life Church, building something in our community as a whole that can withstand the weight and the burden of everything that is happening, that can withstand the storms that come. And how many of you know there are some storms? Anybody ever been through some storms in life? Diagnosis? <sighs> Marital issues? Kids going off the deep end? financial issues, and that's just to name a couple. We could keep going and going and going. And as we talk about these everyday intersections, one of these things, that one of the things we want to make sure is that community is our foundation. You see, we got to engineer these everyday intersections. 
they got to be more than just a stop and go kind of thing. If you were here uh, at New Year's Eve, we, we talked about this. We said those intersections are not stop and go, they're roundabouts. Now some of you, and myself included, when you hit a roundabout, the anxiety begins to tick up. Right? And you're like, oh crap, what am I supposed to do with this? Second week in a row, I said crap from the pulpit, sorry. But that's what roundabouts do to me. Okay? I pull up to it and I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me. All right? It's like I forget how to drive. You know, I mean, I've been driving for a long time. Not as long as some of you, but I've been driving for a long time. And it's like going around in a circle is just confusing to me. (laughs) But you know what they do? They create an atmosphere where there's less conflict. And if there is a wreck, they're not as bad. Okay? Instead of a T-bone, it's maybe a little sideswipe. Statistically speaking, the roundabouts are safer. They keep traffic moving. Anybody just love to sit in traffic? I'm glad nobody raised their hand because I was going to suggest counseling if you just love sitting in traffic. Um, because there is, listen, I'm way too busy for that. I'm way too offensive for that. Right? Somebody starts beeping a horn five cars back, and I'm like, what are they beeping at me for? I can't move either. They ain't, t- they ain't beeping at me. They just beeping. Right? But I take, it, I take it offensive. Right? When we're engineering these things, the problem is we, we get into a place where we, 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 uh, we decide and we choose, or sometimes it's chosen for us that community is not important. We get busy. We get offended. We get exhausted. Anxiety begins to pick up. Apathy. Sometimes we just don't care. You ever been there? You just don't care anymore. I was in a situation recently where I, just, I had to just express, and I needed to say it out loud, I just don't care anymore. Right, about the situation, not about everything, about this particular situation. It's a bad place to be because I can't engineer community in those moments because I'm just kind of taking my ball and going home. Okay? Y'all remember the kid that did that in school? It's the most annoying kid. Because now nobody can play because I got upset, because I got offended. So I took my ball and went home. Depression gets in the way, anxiety gets in the way, fear gets in the way. And, and the reality is, is God wants us to love, love him, love people, and live life together. And that's where these everyday intersections come together. So I want to get into the word because uh, God moved this morning, and I'm excited about that. But I want to make sure we get this word. You ready? Here we go. Acts chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 42. We're going to read just a few, uh, a handful of verses today. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Uh, it'll be up on the screen, and if you're, if you're taking your time to get there, that's fine. Just say, I'm there when you're there. Come on. Uh, one or two people. Hey, if you're there, say, I'm there. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go. So if you, still got a little, if you still need a little bit of time, I'm going to go ahead, just get there, and let's move. All right, here we go. Acts chapter 2. I'm reading from the NLT today. It says, all the believers. Somebody say, all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And I want to stop here for just a second. Keep your finger there. We're going to keep reading in just a minute. But I want to, I want to make sure that we spend some time here in that first verse, the verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to four things. Okay, the teaching of the apostles, fellowship, sharing in meals, and prayer. Two of those, two of those are about building community with God. 
and going deep, and two of them are about building community with people and going wide. You ever thought about that when you read this verse? This verse shows us that the early church understood that their, their, their main objective, okay, as it pertained to each other, was to love God and love people. That that was how they were going to fulfill the Great Commission. Love God, love people. They loved God by listening to and adhering to and devoting themselves to the teachings of the apostles, the men who walked with Jesus, who were given the task to make more disciples. They were devoted to that. And then when you get to the end of the verse, they were devoted to what? Prayer. By the way, we're in a, right in the middle of a 21 days of fasting and prayer. Right in the middle of it. And we just spent a week praying for families. And this week, we're moving to finances. Because everybody, everybody has got some kind of financial issue and burden. And we want to lift them up to Jesus because he cares about all aspects of our lives. Amen? Then they, then they connected and, and, and widened their community by sharing meals together. There's something that happens around the table. I, I just... I, Every time Jesus shares something important in Scripture, it's around, it's around a meal. Almost, almost every single time, it's around a meal. And then they fellowshiped together. Which you might think, well, wait a minute, they didn't share in a meal fellowship. It's different here. Okay? It's a different type of connection. So on the day of Pentecost, the sound of a rushing wind, the tongues of fire, and the conversion of 3,000 people were remarkable events. But the things described here in this verse, they were a result of an abiding legacy of God's work. It was something bigger, something deeper. What happened with the Holy Spirit was amazing. And I'm Pentecostal through and through, and I think everybody should be baptized in the Holy Spirit, should, should, should work and move in the Spirit and do all this stuff. But can I tell you, there's an amazing thing that happens here because the Spirit of God moved, but God's work did not stop with that day. It wasn't a, I came to church did what I was going to do, and then I moved on with my life. It wasn't a stop and start kind of intersection. It was a roundabout. They kept going. It was incredible. They never stopped from that moment. Everything, everything became an opportunity for community. Listening, learning, living, eating, worshiping, praying, walking, talking, everything became an opportunity for community. This is where discipleship happens. These people relied on the apostles to communicate to them who Jesus was and what he had done. They trusted in Jesus already, but now it was time to know more. This is discipleship. This is what was happening in the early church in this moment. Uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer said, Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. When we go back to the early church and we look at them, the very first thing they did was in community, they were discipled. Isn't it easier to learn something and to do something that you've never done before when there are other people around you doing it too? I remember as a, as a teenager, the daunting task of, of understanding what it meant to raise my hands to worship God. I grew up in a, in a, in a, a not-so-Pentecostal background. Okay, And so raising your hands wasn't something I ever saw. It wasn't something I ever experienced unless I was at my grandparents' church and those people were crazy. Right? You hear my heart there. First time you ever went to Pentecostal church, if you were raised any other way, when you saw it, you were like, mm. 
I don't know. <laughs> Some of y'all might be here today saying, yep, I understand, Pastor. Uh, and I remember coming to youth group and there being other students who raised their hands and feeling the unction, feeling the drive, the want to, to surrender to Jesus in such a way. And it was so much easier when other people were doing it. Discipleship's like that. We learn better that way. We function better that way. We grow in community because the enemy's going to do this. He's going to try to segregate us to test us. He's pushing everybody to the side. Do you ever notice the enemy doesn't come at you when there's five of you around? Scripture says where two or three are gathered, that's where Jesus is going to be. You know where the enemy is? When you're by yourself, when you're isolated, when you're a silo. Okay? That's where he's trying to pick you off. Community is important to our walk with Jesus. Community is important to everything that we do. It's important when we are doing, when we're in spiritual warfare. They also devoted themselves to fellowship, not just discipleship, but fellowship. The Greek word that we translate fellowship here is koinonia. It has the idea of association, a communion, fellowship, and participation. It's even used at times in scripture, or in, in, in scripture and in other writings to mean like uh, an intimacy between a husband and wife. We're supposed to be so close to each other. So close to each other that we participate in life together. That when you're hurting, I'm hurting. When I'm hurting, you're hurting. That we don't want to hurt each other, but we want to walk through things together and grow through things together. This is, what, this is what happens here. Do you think they agreed about everything in this moment? Absolutely not. They're still people. And people are people everywhere you go. No matter when it is, no matter who's around, people are people. And there's always going to be a chance for there to be some disunity. There's always going to be a chance for there to be some strife. But they fellowshiped. They participated in life together. It means, that it means to share in something. The Christian life is meant to be full of koinonia. It's meant to be full of sharing in life with each other. It, it's why you've got to be planted in a church. Can I, can I just be I, I, very blunt here? It's why you've got to be planted somewhere. And you can't just get mad at somebody and walk away or disappear for months at a time because this is what we're supposed to share in life together and we can't do that if we're not together. It's why it's important because community matters. It was al it's always mattered and it's always supposed to matter. We serve the same, listen to this, we serve the same Lord Jesus the same God for life, the same love for God, the same desire to worship, the same struggles, the same victories, the same job of living for Him, and the same joy of communicating the gospel. Because we're a community. They also devoted themselves to sharing meals. I've already hit on that, but if you want a good resource on what it means to sit around a table and why it's important to share a meal, I'm going I'm to just get, throw out, if you're taking notes, write this down. It's a book called From Tablet to Table by Leonard Sweet. From tablet to table. If you're like, man, what's he talking about about this table thing? I can't do it justice on a Sunday morning, but I'm telling you, it's incredible how the enemy has moved us from spending time around a meal together. And it just, from tablet to table by Leonard Sweet. Is that what you were going to ask? Yeah. From tablet to table by Leonard Sweet. 
They also devoted themselves to prayer. Whenever, listen to this, whenever God's work is done, God's people gather for prayer and worship. You got two opportunities. You got intercessory prayer on Tuesdays. You got house of prayer on Wednesdays right now. Because wherever God is moving, his people are praying and worshiping. And so I'm going to challenge you to make that a point. When we look at this, we saw what they were doing in community. They were digging deep in community, going wider in community. Every day, people were coming to know Christ because of this. Watch what happens. Verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over all the apostles, and all the apostles performed many miracle signs and wonders. Now, there was two evidences here. The power of God was present. First was that the greatest and most powerful works God can do is change the heart. Right? And secondly, there was all these other things that was going on. The miraculous, miraculous things happening. Let's keep reading. Verse 44. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Now, I want to stop here because you're thinking, wait a minute, Pastor, I can't, show, I can't do that. I can't sell all my possessions and give all my money. There's no evidence that this continued on beyond this. But I want you to understand what happened. They were there because of the celebration of Pentecost. And they stayed after that because of what was going on in the community. Which meant they didn't go back home to their stuff. They didn't go back home to their homes. They stayed for a little bit to experience what was happening in that community. And so there were people there who didn't have jobs, didn't have money. They were running out of resources. They were running out of things. And so the church began to see this the people began to see this and thought you know what we want them to be in community with us so we're going to help support this and they kept them there now i'm not saying that we shouldn't give up things for each other by any means i think if god lays on your heart to do that do it but there's a generosity that flows in community there's a generosity that flows in moments when, when somebody's being vulnerable. And the only way we can know that somebody has need is when we're in that community. I want, I want you to follow along what's happening. There's this incredible thing happening here. They are laying a foundation for the faith here. That 2,000 plus years later we're going to be talking about. It goes on. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The church is meant to worship God together and learn His Word together. But it's so much more than just that. God wants us to share our lives with one another. This is where church growth comes from. If we follow this example, he'll take care of growing his church. Right? Remember what he said? It's his job to grow the church. He said he'll take care of that. But we have a job too, to be in community. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It's the big idea for the message. When community is our foundation, the church will reach new heights of impact and influence. When community is our foundation, the church will reach new heights of impact and influence. I want you to see what was happening. They began to have community with God, and they re they, it, it was deeper. 
They began to have community with other people, and it was wider. And that created a more, more impact in their community. It created more influence in their community, and people were coming to know Jesus every day. How about, think about this, how about celebrating 365 salvations at the end of a year? How about celebrating 3,000 in a day? Can you imagine? And it was because of the community that they were in. It was because of what was happening in that moment. It was foundational to who they were. A community is defined as a unified body of individuals with joint ownership or participation. And one of the sad realities of the church is that many of us never take ownership or partnership. Since the beginning of time, God's been in the business of partnership, connection. The church in Acts 2 understood this and walked it out. As we define community, it's important that we understand that it connects both us with God and with people. If Life Church is going to have greater influence in our world, if you as an individual, I'm not talking, when I say Life Church, I'm not talking about this building, I'm not talking about me as the leader, I'm not talking about our leadership team, I'm talking about us. If we're going to have greater influence, it will require a deeper foundation. It will require deeper commitment to the things of God. And if we're going to have greater impact, it's going to require a wider foundation. Look at what happened for the early church. They were in community with God. They relied on Him to provide, protect, and produce. And most of all, be present. They deepened their relationship through learning the Word of God together hearing from the disciples, hearing what Jesus had to say, spending time talking about it, spending time hearing what the disciples said and putting it deep into their heart and spending time in prayer together. To Christ's disciples, discipleship meant more than just saying he was, they were followers. It was a serious commitment. They would learn everything that they could before going and teaching their own disciples. They would submit to the leader and they would give up the right to lead their own life. The purpose of discipleship is to go deeper with God and to be shaped into the image of Christ. And we can only do that when we submit to His Word. We can only do that when we learn his words, learn his way of ministry, imitate his life and his character, and then find other people to make disciples. Community means going deeper with God, not just surface level, not just showing up every so often but going so much deeper, living in relationship with Him. And secondly, we have to widen our foundation. We have to connect. If we're going to widen our foundation, we've got to be a place that's safe for people to share their struggles. We've got to be a place that helps provide We've got to be a place that loves like Christ loves no matter what. And it's in these two things that we see our reach 
go higher and higher. That we reach more and more people. Each of us face intersections and many times we minimize the place of community. We have to practice common unity in our lives. Common unity with God and with people. I want to illustrate it to you this way. Worship team, you can come. I've got a couple of games up here. Most of you are familiar with this game. The game's called Jenga. The idea is you stack up the blocks and everybody takes a block and stacks it on top. And whoever makes the tower fall loses the game. You familiar with this? Everybody know what Jenga is? As I was preparing for this, I began to just ask the Lord, help, help me to see this in a way that I can understand it. And here's what happens. When we're in community with each other, nobody's fighting to be up here. So what happens in this game. You take a block out. I knock this over before we get through the illustration. Sorry. And we, we end up up here, kind of alone. Not realizing that what we left down here was a deeper community. What we're leaving down here is something we're making it a little unstable because our lives can be that way too. When I don't have somebody to share my, my troubles with and my anxiety with and my fears with and my, my offenses with, it, it creates an instability in my life that makes it harder for me to do what I've been called to do, harder for me to live out this life. But here's, here's what needs to happen in community. Those of us who find ourselves up here, maybe two or three of us can come down and create a bigger base. Create a wider base. Maybe even some from here. And all of a sudden, this game gets a little bit easier, doesn't it? In fact, I need a couple of people to join me up here. Come on, I just need a couple of people to get up and come up here real quick. I'm going to put you to the test. Come on, I love it. Now we're talking. All right, I want you to, I want, Nick, that's your set. Nathan, this is yours. Oh, thanks. That's, it's, that's your... All right. Oh, I'm not done yet. Hold on. Okay, I want you guys to play Jenga real quick. I want, I want each of you to pick a block from your set. Okay, just one for now, and, and put it up on top. Right. No, no, that one doesn't work. Right. Yeah, you can't do that. Why not? Because that's against the rules. You got to pick. You got to pick from down here. Yeah. You already done? Yeah, yeah, perfect. I love it. It's great. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. Uh, it was a little quicker for Nick, right? Nick, Nick's, Nick's blocks are in more community than Nathan's are. Now I want you to do something else. I want you to take somebody who's at the bottom of the barrel. I want you to know from the very bottom and help bring them into it. No. You can push with one hand and get another. But Oh, look at you. I set you up for failure. Yeah, yeah.
<laughs> Look, he's going to try it. He might, he might do it. You watching with anticipation here? <laughs> Thank you, guys. I, you had me worried. I thought you might do it. And uh, it ruined my illustration if you did. Here's the thing. If all we're ever doing is trying to fight to be at the top, kind of isolated from everything else, everybody else is on shaky ground. If we're down here alone and everybody's moving up, everything's on shaky ground. So much, it's so much easier when we widen that base. And I know this is a silly illustration, but I want you to never forget that the heights, what we can achieve as, a, as, a, as the people of God is impacted by the depth of our foundation and the width of our foundation. It's impacted by the fact that we get to know each other and we love each other, that we spend time getting to know and loving God. These blocks are individual blocks, but they come together under a common purpose. Individually, just one wooden block. In community, for everybody but the person who loses the game, they bring joy, laughter, fun, and a whole lot more. What would happen if community became so foundational that we deepened our community with God and widened our community with others. We know exactly what would happen because it happens here in Acts. The disciples made disciples who made disciples who made disciples who made disciples and all of a sudden this community that started with a handful of guys all with Jesus as their priority and their chief cornerstone deciding that they were going to build no matter what that took. They were going to be in community no matter what that meant. That if they had to sell something to be in community, they would sell. If they had to walk through the dirty, nasty parts of life with someone, they would do it. And that's the challenge that we have. The community would be foundational. So you bow your heads and close your eyes all across the room. When communities are foundation, the church will reach new heights of impact and influence. It's the message you've been getting all day from the songs that we sang to the verse that was read to you by Kayla on the worship team to the experience that we had at the altar. 
to the message. I want to challenge you. This is a very personal challenge, and it's not one that I can just make a blanket statement about. It's one that I'm going to have to, you're, you're going to have to search your heart. Is your foundation deep enough to withstand the weight and the burden and the pressure of what you've been called to do? Are you in a relationship with God and do you know Him and allow Him to speak into your life and change you, to strengthen you, to build you up? Are you in community with God? Is it foundational? And is your community broad enough to withstand what the enemy is going to throw at you? Because if he can isolate you under weight, you'll fall. This is what living life together is all about. So I just wonder today if there's anybody in the room that would say, Pastor, I, uh, I need to deepen. I'm saved. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know Jesus, but you know today that it's been a surface level relationship. You come to church on Sundays, but sometimes you find yourself throughout the week feeling isolated from him like he's only a part of your day on Sunday. Church, I'm here to tell you that is not God's plan, but sometimes it's ours. I wonder if you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I feel that, and I just want to to ask today that the Lord would help me go deeper in my relationship with Him. I want you to slip up your hand. It's just me with my eyes open. I need to go deeper because things are shaky. All right, you can put your hand right back down. Second is this. I wonder if there's anybody today that would say, I feel okay with my depth, but I can't get any deeper or higher because I haven't broadened, I haven't widened my community of people. I keep people at a distance, at arm's length. I'm afraid of being hurt or I just don't like dealing with people. But I hear what you're saying, and I I see that community is important. And it's foundational, both in the depths of my life and in the breadth of my life. And you would say to me, Pastor, I, I struggle with that, of widening out that foundation of community with people around me. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been offended. Maybe someone has broken you. But today you would say, I want healing in that area and I want God to widen my community. This is where souls are saved, by the way. This is where people come to know Christ because of you. You'd say, I I need that. I want that today. That's shaky. I want you to slip up your hand. Gotcha. You can put it right back down. Jesus, you saw every hand that went up in this place. Father, and there were multiple hands. 
for both of these things. And Jesus, the truth is that we're hungry for that. We, we understand what it means to be isolated because we went through a season of isolation. Father, as, as painful and as hard as that was, it was forced. And Lord God, the reality is, is that though that was forced, many of us held on to it. And then we created atmospheres where we were distant and far away from you, not deeper with you, not growing with you either. Not growing with people. And Father, we, we want to reach our community. We want to reach our loved ones, our family, our friends. We want this place, our lives, to reach the heights that you want us to reach, Lord. And we know that with every moment of growth comes moment of reaching deeper with you and wider with each other. Father, today, bring us to that moment. Bring us back to that time, Father. Lord, forgive us. We first say we repent, Lord. And now, Father, we ask for the opportunity for community. That, Lord, we would envision everything that we do as that opportunity. Every meal that we have, every prayer that we pray, every time we hear a word from you, Jesus, every time we fellowship, when we, any, any time we love you, love people, and live life together, that we would understand that's an opportunity for us to grow in community. Help us to make it foundational to our lives. I want to end my part with this. Community is about a lot of different things. One of those things is serving together. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to find somebody who's here today, connect with them in a way that maybe you never have. Have dinner with them, pray with them. Have lunch with them. Go get coffee. Whatever your thing is. told you. I can't give you one thing because it's too personal. But I can give you an opportunity. I can give you an opportunity to, for, for a level of community. On February 3rd, uh, Robin and Dean have planned to impact and influence our community by offering a meal to the homeless. They've done this a couple of once already, right? This will be the second one. And there's something that happens when you serve together. There's a level of community that nothing that that it doesn't you won't get it from anything else. Gary, you were a part of that. You were a part of that and there's a level of community that happens in that. You connect with people there and you're connecting with each other. And so on February 3rd, they're going to be feeding the homeless and uh, they're planning on doing a chili lunch. But also they learned some things in that first one. That there's some needs in the community. It's not just food. And so on your way out today, uh, there in the lobby, there's a list of items, gloves, hats, and those types of things that we're asking people to look at and bring in so that when they go into the community and try to impact and influence it because we want to grow the heights of what we do, amen, that 
Maybe you can't be there that day. But you can influence that day. And so I want to challenge you, everybody in the room, take a look at that list. And if all you can do is one thing, do one thing. If you want to go help that day, talk to Robin and Dean. They can get you more information about that. They're sitting right back here. Wave, wave guys, so everybody knows who you are. They'll be out in the lobby. There's a lot that can be done, a lot of impact and influence. And it's not just influencing the community as a whole, but you and your foundation of community. I want to challenge you to look for opportunities to serve, look for opportunities for meals with each other, look for opportunities to pray and learn together. Deepen that foundation, widen that foundation. And let's be the community of Christ. Amen. Let's stand. We want to worship together before we close out. So if you would, just join us. I know it's a little after we're supposed to get you out. That's okay. Lord, move today. Uh, but let's worship together. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. Don't forget to visit us at LifeChurchROA on Instagram and Facebook for updates, service times, and ways to get involved. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we would love to partner with you on your next steps. Visit LifeChurchROA.org slash Jesus to learn more. We love you and we can't wait to see you soon.